Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Café Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birkin Road Reports, Peter Raschuti. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. This is a show about Acadiana business, and as you probably are well aware if you travel around Acadiana, there is no shortage of fascinating business to talk about in this part of the world, from oil and gas companies to jewelers and from accordion builders to app builders. For all these choices, we have a couple of guidelines for who we feature as guests on Out to Lunch. We only book people who have real businesses, not just an idea, and we don't have the same people twice. So today we're featuring a person who is making a second appearance in a business that actually might not really exist yet. Cherie Hebert was a guest on Out to Lunch last time and she talked about her ad agency, BBR Creative. Today she's back with a second career as a house builder in Onoville. Cherie is probably not going to be swinging a hammer too often, but she is planning to build 12 houses in the first year of business. And if you add up the square footage of all those houses, you'll get a building about the size of an average family home. Cherie's company is called T-Tiny Houses because the houses she's building are tiny. At 240 square feet each, they're part of a nationwide tiny house fad. Cherie, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. There's, uh, and I love this idea. The, <laughs> the other guideline we use for booking guests on Out to Lunch is that on each show, we have guests representing different companies. So with that in mind, I'd like to introduce you to George Marks, Cherie's partner in T-Tiny Houses. George is the founder of Nunu Arts and Culture Collective in Onoville, known far and wide beyond the confines of Acadiana as the Nunu Collective, or just Nunu. George, I have been trying to find a way to get you on the show for months. I'm glad we finally pulled it off. Welcome out to lunch. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> now, Sharia, part of the American dream has always been to own a home, and one of the unwritten laws of real estate investment is that you buy the biggest home you can afford. Now, with this trend towards tiny houses, homes that are 400 square feet or less, it seems like a total reversal, and this trend itself is not tiny, it's significant. How did you come across this, and what made you choose building tiny houses as your great second career? Actually, it was all George's idea. Really? Right, because our family owns a lumber yard in Orneville and had been in the business in business in Orneville for over 35 years, and the business is now vacant, and we sold the business about seven years ago, and George is a real community developer, and he, um, recognized the opportunity for um, that folks were interested in tiny houses because they had built a tiny house oh. um, at the collective and people were very interested in it. So he actually approached us with the idea because my husband is a residential builder and I'm in marketing and my father-in-law has been in building for a very long time and he's the one, George actually came up with the idea and since then we've researched this idea extensively and worked with George and that's really how the idea started. Well, and what's in a tiny house? Has it got a bathroom and a kitchen? Yes. Um, 
So tiny houses that are more livable, I like to consider them very livable spaces, although they're very small. So there is adequate storage. There, and uh, our first model has a full-sized refrigerator. It has a wash, stackable washer and dryer, television, bathroom with a shower, um, lots of storage space, air conditioning, stairs, a top loft. Uh, it would comfortably s sleep too, but then it has a sofa downstairs that could also double as a bed. Wow. So it could sleep up to four people. So it's a very livable space, although it's a very small space. Do they all have wheels? These are all going to be on, um, they're all mobile, and they're going to be on wheels so they can't be transported. Um, the height is about 13 feet, and they can be pulled by a full-size truck. <laughs> I'd like to see that going down the street. <laughs> now George, I think it's probably fair to say that you have done as much, if not more, than anybody in the history of Arnaville to change the town. Uh, your new New Arts Collective has transformed what was a place that young people were leaving into a cultural center that's a magnet for artists and tourists. How do you see being in the tiny home construction business as fitting into the Arts Collective model? So in Arnaville, you know, we have we have limited spaces, residential spaces um, um, that are small and, and that are still affordable. Um, and we see the tiny house uh, component as an opportunity to basically plant a seed in other areas of the community. So um, tea tiny houses, by producing these, um, we can actually move it to different places and uh, help spur kind of development within those areas. Um, the tiny houses themselves actually become a collection or a collective of art pieces, if you want to think of it that way. Uh -huh. You know, the door could be made by a local artist. The countertop can be made by an artist. The sink, the, the, the furniture, the sconces, the hinges, every component of the tiny house could be an art piece in and of itself. So it makes perfect sense that it would, it would you know, happen in Orneville and, and within a tiny house. Hey, how much do these houses cost? I know there's probably a range, but... Uh... Well, the range, uh, the final product is going to be between fifty dollars and $70,000. Um, they are all going to be handcrafted, um, so they're individually built. Now that makes you different, right? I mean, some right, of these are... I, are I'm most not, of them manufactured in a plant somewhere? Well, here's the thing. We don't... Na nationally, um, they seem to be handcrafted as well. I don't think there's one um, company that actually mass produces tiny houses. Um, I, I think that starts to, maybe that would cross over into more RVs and campers okay. if that would start to happen. So these are very high end. The pro I mean, the products in them are very nice. I mean, it's nice, nice wood and, and they're solidly built and they follow uh, building codes that have to do, the same type of building code you would use for a house in terms of exits and you know insulation and that kind of thing. So they're a, they're a step up from a mobile home in that they're not mass produced. They're going to be produced like two and three at a time, but not you know, 10 or 20 at a time. Well, George, are you the expert on space management? I'm amazed when I go into places like this. I'm actually not the expert <laughs> on space management, and Cherie has architects that are, are working on that idea. But um, with tiny houses, I like to say they're almost like little yachts on wheels, would you? Yes, it's more like I would that, say right? so. Right, and so because, because it's a smaller space, because they're, um, you, you require less ingredients, so to speak, to make it special. Um, 
you can use finer quality products. And so, um, so you can create a, a much more luxurious space, you know, just because you, it's, it's more affordable. Yeah, so. and, and do you, um, when you mentioned that they, you know, you can transport them, what do you need when you sit it down there? You, it, you're going to tie into an electrical connection and plumbing, or how does that part work? I mean, so that part, it's all, it, basically you plug it in, just like a, an RV, you know, um, as far as the sewer goes. I'm not sure if you're going to have composting toilets, yes. or you will mm -hmm. have composting toilets. So um, um, everything is basically built on the unit, so you can take it wherever. Um, in some cases, um, it can be off-grid as well. So um, depending on how far Shireen them go with this, um, you can actually have solar panels on the inside that can be pulled out. So you can go anywhere. And business-wise, are you building them on spec or are people commissioning them? Or um, No, our vision is to have five models, to start with five models. And right now I'm commissioning, um, um, uh, my goal is to commission several architects. The first one model is complete, and uh, n not the construction, but the design. And I'm actually, my vision is to name them after the architects that designed them. So the first one was designed by Gil and Tanya Zahnbreaker, and I'm going to name that one the Zahnbreaker. And um, actually, I spoke to UL's architecture department cool. yesterday, Good and idea. they're very interested in partnering as well. Um, but I'm not doing spec houses. These are going to be like a design that's tried and true and that we figured out exactly how the space is going to operate. But people who buy one of the five models and who are interested, there's some customization to that. Like you can choose would some colors. Would that be colors the appliances? Or well, it, it would be more like color scheme. And to George's point about the artistic portion, like possibly the front doors may be done by a lo local artist. And so I'll give them some options. But to start, to start off, and, and the business model is, um, it's not built on spec from the ground up. Okay, and what, how big is a mobile home as comparison? To I think the product's so so really different. It's now tell so me much why different. it's different. I, if I was in that, well, in that market, what would I be thinking? Well, the main, I mean, one of the most fundamental differences is the fact that this is a mobile that you can actually, this is a lot more like an RV than it is like a, a, a mobile home. Okay, I see what you mean. Because it can be pulled by your own vehicle and, and you can move it from place to place. That's one real right. difference. Um, however, once it's parked somewhere, you can actually build a deck, you can build a you know side patio, you can, so it, then it, once stable in an environment, and you can plant plants around it, it, it then becomes more, it looks more like a stationary house rather than looking like a mobile home or an RV. So that's one of the biggest differences. And in regards to it being unlike an RV, the quality of materials, I think. Um, also, um, you're able Plus to- Plus had an artist in charge right. of it, like, well, a, like George. Well, well, also, you know, you know where the wood comes from. You know, yeah. a lot of times, like if you hear about RVs, there's a lot of off-gassing, a lot of the, the materials that are used might, there may be problems. Well, with right. something like this, you can identify where all the products are coming from and control the, the, the environment that you're living in, you know, the air that you're breathing, all of those things. You know, who's your market? Is it, um, have you figured out demographically who? From my experience so far with people that have reached out to me and so far I've had Right now I have 47, which is a lot, yeah. <laughs> of people that have reached out with an interest. And it seems to be a lot of women who are actually um, over the age of 40. 
and either they're downsizing or they're, um, they've been taking care of elderly parents and they don't want all of the complexity of taking care of a big home anymore. But I have cu younger couples. So there are lots of different reasons. Like some people just want to simplify their life. And Don't like, you want to take everything and throw it out sometimes? Yes, I do. <laughs> and sometimes I want to, you know, you just don't have, I mean, the tagline that I've come up with for the business is live easy. Because you're going to live a lot easier without a big mortgage, without a lot of stuff to take care of, um, without, without all of these extra confines of owning a bunch of items. And live in closer to the earth, basically, because you do get to have more sense of living outdoors a little bit more. Yeah, you spend more time outdoors. So there are a lot of reasons why it's a, it's a, I think living in a tiny home would, would allow for an easier life. Or also um, college students that are, still are living in school. Yeah. So, right, that are still, that still are in school. So it's a, an affo more affordable option for them. And, and then in other markets, I mean, they use tiny houses to actually address homelessness. So there's ah. a whole, there's a whole other, um, you know, there's a whole other realm to tiny houses that you can build them that are much simpler than the ones that we're designing to build to address ish societal issues. What, what about, just because of where we live, I guess, uh, what about storms and things like that? Well, that's a great thing, right? Because you can move it. I mean, just like the, th the recent flood, I actually have had people contact me since the major floods in August who have lost their homes and were are interested in a tiny house and to replace their home. But the great thing about it is you can literally move it. So uh, one of um, my other future plans is to have tiny camps because people who are in coastal areas who like to fish and like to be near the coast, they can literally just move it. Easy, I mean, when you think about having to move a mobile home, right, you've got to hire someone to do right. that and you could actually move it to and higher ground yourself. And that's why I should think of it more as uh, an RV uh, yes, option. Yes, yeah. you can, can kind of, it, it's considered when it, com when it comes to insuring it, um, they tend to think of it more like RV than than a actual residence. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with George Marks and Cherie Hebert about their new business venture, T-Tiny Houses. If you have an elderly parent that you would like to see, you know, take care of, but you don't have room in your house, you can actually put a tiny house in your backyard, and there would, the bed it would be on the ground floor and not in the loft. Yeah, you can't put grandma up. In yeah, the, uh, you can't say, let her come. You know what really interests me? I took the uh, I took the Amtrak from New Orleans to Los Angeles, and I had a roommate. And for a couple of days, you I were loved fine. living like that. <laughs> you know, I really did. It was like being out back in the womb or something. Well, no, yeah. When I was a kid, I would my, my playhouse or playroom was the bathroom because it was a tiny little space, right? And I pretended that the tub was my bed, and the countertop <laughs> was my kitchen. The, well, I hate to say the toilet, but the, the toilet was my my chair. You know, <laughs> and that was. My, I love the fact that I was in that, that tiny It's so space. funny that you should say that because my grandkids come to visit. I have a five-year-old and three-year-old, and I have a half bath with an open shower, and they get in there, and they yeah, close the curtain, and they're like, this is our house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to um, 
the professor <laughs> of architecture at UL yesterday, and he said that he thinks people are fascinated with tiny houses because it's reminiscent of childhood in a way. Ah. And um, it, he was just talking about that so yesterday. So we're going to start going the other way. Reach a certain age, you want to go back the other ages. Well, I mean, that actually happens by nature, don't you think? I mean, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s now, and I think about, um, I have a, you know, I don't have a tiny house. I have a, a big house. <laughs> and, but my husband and I use like three rooms. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think about how this space is just not as important as it was when I had children at home and, and how it's like why I love a hotel room. I mean, <laughs> I love to stay at a hotel because you, you have just what you need. Free USA Today, free ice. It's unbelievable. Uh, and, it's a and, a, and the bed's made. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just the things you absolutely need. You don't bring everything with you, and you're still comfortable, right? That is true. The, uh, Cherie George, part of the show, we like to call your brother-in-law. You're, you're finally wrapping up a long day at work when your phone rings. It's your brother-in-law. Uh, normally, he only calls when he needs someone to look after his dog when he goes to Vegas for the weekend. But this time, things are a little different. Uh, Cherie, your brother-in-law has a great marketing idea for T-Tiny Houses. Uh, he's got a buddy with an empty lot downtown. You can park a tiny house uh, on the lot and your brother-in-law will live in it. He'll put his grill and smoker down there too and you'll have a grill out every weekend. All you have to do is uh, donate the house and buy a few pounds of meat each week. Uh, what do you say, you in? Donate the house to my brother-in-law? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on what his situation is. Is he going to make money from these um, these barbecues, maybe? I guess. Uh, oh, is he trying to make money from yeah, the barbecues? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. I think hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, if he was homeless, I would donate. Homeless. It. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a weird conversation to have with him. You know, if things go really bad, I think I'm willing to talk to you. They, uh, but yeah, but he, in fact, he, uh, I guess your brother-in-law in this case brings up a good question is, where can you put one? Well, um, if it's an unzoned town or you own a lot of rural property, then there's no question you can do whatever you want, right? But each city and town have their own coding and zoning system, so it's, uh, it's according to what they're allowing. Because this is so new to the state of Louisiana, there, there's no other formal tiny house business in the state of Louisiana to date um, there, that we can yeah. find. Um, there may be one or two people that have built one, and we know somebody who lives in the city in one, so he somehow got uh, approval to do that. But we don't have all the answers to that right now because it's so new. You know, Sherry, I've got to say, well, thank God for UL, because we have so many guests that come start a business, and that's their resource. You know, just, yeah, just like it you really said, that's is. And, and they're very interested. The architecture department is very interested in this as a learning opportunity for their students as well as um, they're partnering with Habitat for Humanity and they're gonna be building the first house to give to a veteran who lost his home in the flood. And I have offered as of yesterday wow. that at our facility, we're gonna open up our facility to the students so that each year they can build one and they can use our facility to actually build it and donate to Habitat for Humanity. And so that's part of our community development yeah. piece that we're interested in not only building these for profit, which we need, you know, we need to do to sustain a business, but to also, you know, use, do good, you know, yeah. to do good. And, and from a practical point of view, it's also beneficial because um, they become research and development 
for the business. So things that work, you know, yeah. on, on within this space, you know, they may be able to incorporate it into, you know, uh, more expensive units down the line. So it's it's giving, but it's also there's a there's a return, and I don't know if you, you actually considered that part of it. I no, I I mean I didn't because this just happened yesterday, but. We also talked about the students. Um, I'm actually have a meeting this afternoon with two UL students that um, that I'm planning to hire to do um, some drafting of some houses that we already designed, but they oh, need great. that. But what we need them animated and that kind of thing. And so I can see that that and they're so enthusiastic too. So that's really great. And Georgia, your brother-in-law. <laughs> uh, has an even more ambitious marketing idea for T-Tiny Houses. He calls it T-Tiny To Go. Uh, there is such a huge interest in tiny houses around the country, why not launch this as a nationwide business from the get-go? Your brother-in-law is prepared to quit his job at the Racino, hitch up a T-Tiny house to the back of his truck and drive it across the country taking orders. I love this visual here. All you have to do is finance his travel and maybe if he needs a new truck, but that's no, all negotiable. Uh, what do you say? Are you ready to go nationwide with your brother-in-law? Hmm, actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think it's Feel a great it? idea. I, I know, you know, not only T-Tiny House on the go, but Gallery on the go, right? Oh, yeah. See, I'm trying to convince Shireen them to do something that float also. It floats. So amphibious ones where they roll in, you can park it along the coast. So if you're from the Northeast or from California yep. someplace, and it starts to flood in Louisiana. It's tethered, so it'll just rise up with the water, so you don't have to worry about it. Oh, but this is this is the global warming one. This is absolutely, great. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. This is a. Would it, I know you're in the early stages of this company, but uh, would it be on a barge? That be the kind of thing, or what would make no, it the, float? No, the trailer actually would be. Uh, it would be. It would be a combination barge and trailer constructed that would. It would basically have like pontoons. It was like a pontoon, oh, yeah, like yeah, a pontoon with wheels be. built built on. Have you ever been on one of those those duck units? It's like oh, like when you go amphibious. for a tour of a city. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You go in the water and that's that would be great, <laughs> great. The, uh, this is <laughs> this is what's gonna go. And how do you think? I mean, you mentioned different architects, but uh, are gonna do different models. But how do you think they'll differ from one another? Is there? Uh, I guess maybe you don't know yet because you haven't. I don't. I don't know yet, but there's already. I mean, if you just research tiny houses, there are lots of different styles. One might look like an American craftsman style. One is very modern. One might look like a cottage style. So there's there's a lot of different styles that just like in regular architecture, right? That um, would appeal to different groups. So kind of let, uh, I'd like them to be creative and, and sort of do their own thing, basically. I was thinking about George and all this. I mean, you have, um, God, there's so much to do there at Nunu, but one of them is you have workshops and such, and people coming out of town. Wouldn't it be nice to have a little group of uh, tiny houses? Well, actually, um, the tiny house component is part of kind of like a master plan that's included at, uh, in Nunu's or at Nunu's, where when we do have groups, they can't sign up to do a tiny house build or... Right, or they can oh. stay at the tiny house facility. And um, another component we didn't talk about was the French piece, which is really important. Uh, Shri's father-in-law speak is fluent in French. And so, um, so when we do our workshops, we'll be able to be in, in French and in English. Oh, wow. Right, so, and it ties into 
you know, the whole idea of creating a whole ecosystem around tiny houses, just like we have an ecosystem around the brewery that's there, just like we have an ecosystem that's surrounding new news, um, just like an ecosystem that's developing around our French immersion campus. And so you have these little hubs of creative activity that kind of feed off of one another, which is... That's, that's why the business is more than just a biz business, yeah. right? It's building community is what it's, what it's doing. Yeah, I think that, and it, you know, it's kind of a complex idea because a lot of um, for-profit businesses, I don't think they think about the social implications of how business could be. And I think it's a combination of George's um, real passion for um, creating enterprise in Orneville and, 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 and celebrating the arts there and, and drawing visitors there and celebrating in the French language and the culture of the people. And so a lot of the work he's been doing is cultural development. And I think this is taking a private business and trying to do the same thing with that. And we believe it can be a destination location and people can come from other places to not only see the tiny houses, but just experience the people that will be congregating there. And so, um, and, and I'm really into that, so I, I'm appreciative of it. George, I don't know if you can tell, but Cherie likes you. Yeah, I, I see that. Say, there, there's a <laughs> well, I, like, I like her too. So. <laughs> Cherie and George, I started out today's conversation saying we were breaking all of our own formatting rules here on Out to Lunch, having you both on the show. I think that in the last 30 minutes, we've proven that the rules really are meant to be broken. It's been fascinating talking with both of you and I'm looking forward to keeping up with you and your and following the whole fortunes of tea tiny houses. So thank you so much for taking the time to, to join me today and out to lunch. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. My guests and out to lunch today have been Cherie Bear and George Marks, co-founders of Tea Tiny Houses. I love saying that. In their parallel lives, George is the founder of the New New Arts and Culture Collective in Arnoville, and Cherie is the founding partner of BBR Creative uh, here in Lafayette. You can find out more about George, Cherie, and Tea Tiny Houses by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe V is open Monday through Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Anne Christian. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Gwen O'Quinn. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's acadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. Located off Pinhook near Calise Saloon, Wyndham Garden Lafayette is pet and family friendly with free parking and free Wi-Fi. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and acadianabusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the one Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. 
established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. 